War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Well, we got war going on right now in Yemen because the UK and the United States decided that it might be a good time to start bombing one of the capitals in Yemen. No, there's never a good time for this, ladies and gentlemen. With Biden ordering this, I've got to ask the question, where is Congress on this military action, this offensive? Shouldn't Congress have been notified since apparently Reuters and AP got a three-hour warning on all of it? We're going to talk about that and much more on the weekly recap with Michaels and Bolden. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the weekly recap with Chris Michaels and myself. It's going to be a fun show because, well, we have major conflict. It just blew up quite literally in the Middle East. Michaels, dude, what? Yemen. What about it? We're blowing it up right now. Well, yeah, of course. It's election season. What else are you going to (laughs) do? The 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 campaign in the Ukraine went to pot. And so what are you going to do to get more votes and make everybody rally around the president? Well, go bomb some brown people. And then that'll get everybody on board. I'm not sure that's going to get everybody on board, man. Mm-mm. Not this time. Nope. Now here's the problem. We're already hearing stories about uh, the American ships being hit by anti-ship missiles from Yemen. Correct. But I don't, but I don't think this is going to go the way people think it's going to go because more than likely all the libs and the Dems, they're going to sit there and say, Oh, well, he just made a few bombings and that's it. It's going to be over. But if you notice the rhetoric, it's always been Iran-backed Houthis, Iran-backed Yemen. They're making that connection. They're trying to show you that whatever they do is with the approval of Iran. So that's where I think this is all going to go. Well, I think what's crazy is three hours before the strikes even appeared, Reuters put out the UK and US is expected to launch strikes against the Houthis what are we doing at what point is war where you go hey you know what in about three hours the ground's gonna start shaking and the sky is gonna be lit up why are we announcing our intentions in war and then obviously we have the breaking news here that uk and us launch strikes against houthi link targets about 33 minutes ago and as you saw on social media as well, you have people like Mario Narfall who already has the footage of the miraculous on the ground. It's yes. miraculous how fast this wow. Works. How connected is he? <laughs> it's it's like it's like the industrial military complex really wants to make sure that Mario is in the loop. Of course. Of course. We have the new the new alternative media, right? The ma'am. The ma'am. 
And I think that's what's really going to try to drive this. I think I think Elon realizes what he has here, and that's a it's a it's a very strong opponent to legacy media, and that's the real problem. So if he can get his his approved social media people like Mario over here to get exclusive content like this, then it's going to drive more people to X. And here's the other part of it. Do you think that possibly Elon is feeding him these kinds of videos? Yes. Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> I do. I, well, I mean, I don't think it's Elon. Elon's not sitting somewhere. The, yeah, right. A billionaire <laughs> going, oh, I better get this over to my good buddy Martin. No, Elon's not doing that. But yes, I believe that the uh, the the company. tools are in place at the company right now. They right. go, oh, okay, get this feed over. Yeah, exactly. So what do you think is going to happen with Yemen? So this is an interesting escalation because of the geographic region that Yemen's in. Let me pull that up for people as well really quick. Uh, Google Maps, and we'll just do Yemen. And so we can show this as well as talk about it. Right. Um, you know, when you consider the geographic location, we're talking about this strait right here between you know, the Hanish Islands, the Gulf of Aden, which connects to right here, the Red Sea. Now we've heard that the Red Sea has been a militant zone for travel now for the last three weeks. Iran has been putting their warships there. China has warships over uh, on the opposite side in the Persian Gulf. We have the United States there. The UK is there. But what's really interesting about this area that, I, that I'm putting up on a map, so if you're watching, uh, great, you'll be able to see it. If you're not watching, I'll try to describe it to you. If you can picture Saudi Arabia, which is one of the largest parts there of the Middle East, at the very, very bottom of Saudi Arabia, there are two countries, Oman and Yemen. Now, Yemen has Iranian-backed Houthis, which have been part of this whole terrorist organization that have been bombing uh, indiscriminately and causing pirating of the boats. I believe that what we're seeing right now is a strategic attack in order to try to warn them to stop messing with our boats, stop messing with shipping, because over the last three weeks, the entire trade routes have had to be rerouted all the way around Africa. So instead of coming from Thailand area, Vietnam, and just casually going through the Arabian Sea, the Gulf of Aden, to the Red Sea, to the Mediterranean, they now have to go from the Indian Ocean over to the South Atlantic Ocean, all the way up the western border of Africa, and then cut through the Mediterranean at Portugal and Spain and Morocco. This has become a logistical nightmare for the area because it's going to cause the price of goods to go up even more, as well as make sure that we can't get uh, supplies. You're cutting off supplies from really vital areas. If Egypt needs supplies, uh, Sudan needs supplies, Libya needs supplies, even uh, places probably like uh, Algeria, they are coming at twice the distance now. It's going to take a lot longer to reply the supply chain. And then throughout Europe, the same thing. It's taking twice as long for that supply chain. So I believe these bombings in Yemen are not about really Israel and what happened there in Palestine, but it's really about what Iran has been doing through Houthis in order to disrupt the shipping lines that pay America back and Israel back and all these other countries that are taking their sides. What's your thoughts? Well, I mean, yeah, of course. I, I think that's part of it. I think this is a geopolitical effort here because um, now that Palestine and what's going on with Israel is out of the bag, 
what they intend to do is try to kick the West out of the Middle East. And that's going to be a tough nut to crack. As soon as these missile strikes already started, you heard stories also, not, in, not only an American ship being hit, but a whole bunch of American bases all throughout Iraq and Syria being attacked. Now, over the past month, there's been over 100 attacks on these American bases. So this is only going to exacerbate the situation, especially since the United States illegally invaded Syria and is stealing 80% of its oil. So the United States is not innocent in this. Now, I do believe this is sort of tied to what's going on uh, in Israel and Palestine. I think that's the excuse, because right across the Gulf, you have AFRICOM. AFRICOM, I believe, is based in Djibouti, if I'm not mistaken, if my memory serves correctly. So you have an American base right there that basically governs all of the American military operations throughout sub-Saharan Africa. So all of a sudden now uh, the Americans are impotent and the Yemens are causing a problem. I mean, something doesn't add up. I think we have to look at this as on a more macro scale. What happened in the Ukraine? How did that impact Russia? It caused a multipolar world. And yes, there is something called BRICS, and it does exist. And on top of that, you are now starting to see two, maybe three, styles of financial transactions. And so you're going to have one group of countries do X, another one do Y. And Russia, North Korea, Iran, Syria, China... They're all starting to coordinate events at the same time. So I think the next step is going to be something that has to do with Taiwan. Mm. Right? Because none of this really makes sense. Why, Knowing how, how much power NATO can exude in the Middle East with Yemen, why would they start doing this? Something doesn't add up. Could this have anything to do with what the SEC announced this week Ooh. and then unannounced this week Could and they? then reannounced this week? Yeah. What was that? So Bitcoin can now be publicly traded <laughs> on the spot Bitcoin exchange, and they have protocols for that as well. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is you mentioned BRICS, you mentioned Taiwan, China, uh, you talk about Yemen and what's going on there. How convenient is it? that the government is taking control of Bitcoin to the point where the government now can make your Bitcoin just disappear for shits and giggles for whatever mm -hmm. reason they want to make it disappear. And this really seems to roll in at the very same hot time that if BRICS is trying to undermine the dollar and all of a sudden the SEC, the U S securities exchange commission is saying to everybody, oh, you know what? Digital currency. Yeah. We're going to start uh, overseeing that just in this little small area. What's the odds that central bank digital currency is now starting to play out because they know that BRICS is going to destabilize the dollar pretty soon? I think you're onto something. Now, let's take this one step further. Okay. So we now have cryptocurrency, and it's always been the contention of the powers that be that cryptocurrency is being used by terrorists and drug runners and child traffickers. And oh, it's those dastardly Russians and North Koreans trading in crypto. And oddly enough, I think Kazakhstan is one of the largest miners in the world after Russia. I think it's number three or number four. But 
there's something else going on. Catherine Austin Fitz, she did a show, I, th I think, with Jimmy Dore last week, mm -hmm. if that sounds about right, or the sounds week before. And she said, Bitcoin is pretty much a farce. Every time there's a run on Bitcoin, the banks and all of the elites, they buy gold. So it's a way to get people's money out of the way of true resources and true currencies like metals. If we're going this extra step, you have to start looking at what individual states are doing, particularly Kansas that uh, Dr. Joseph Farrell talked about today. And that is they're creating their own bullion vaults. And so what does that mean? It means that they can go around the Federal Reserve and they can have their own currencies. Kansas went one step beyond the two steps I just mentioned. Kansas is now creating a what they call a uh, oh, I wish I had the term in my head. It's a specie. That's what it is. They're creating a bank that allows you to trade in specie. So what is that? That is any hard resource. And they specifically mention that the value of the resource is going to be based upon the true value of the metal, not what is printed on the metal. Of course. <laughs> so you can now start trading in gold and silver, possibly, in Kansas, and they have to back it up. So I think what you're seeing here is a desperate attempt to try and keep, one, this country together so that everyone can go and do whatever they want with Bitcoin. Two, get retail investors out of the way. So they start buying and doing whatever they want in Bitcoin, which is completely unreliable. And you have these states opening up these bullion depositories so that they can bring local currency back. Hmm. Well, seeing here too, back to BRICS type of conversation, Harry the Hopeful says that South Africa just got a shipment of grain from the Russians. Hmm. Isn't South Africa, many of their nations in Russia, working on bricks together as well? I think it's in the name. And why would Russia, <laughs> exactly, why would Russia need to provide grain to South Africa? Aren't they going through a bit of a genocidal tendency right now? <laughs> yeah, and with like the number one country on grain production in the world, the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'll tell you, Michaels, this is a, uh, something doesn't sit right. And then I had this crazy storyline earlier today that you sent me off on, and I'm going to share this on the show. Um, and this is going to get me into some hot water, but I'm not friends with these people. So don't do it. No, I'm doing it. All right. I'm doing it because people come to expect me to actually share these type of things on the show. <laughs> so if I don't start oh. sharing these things, like, why are you holding back? Speaking of countries yeah. buying Russian goods. Mm -hmm. Do you know who started to buy Russian oil again? No, I do not. The United States. Hmm. So the, the, the Ukraine, that that is pretty much done. That's going to be ending quite soon. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> well, speaking of the Ukraine, I saw the story earlier from you. Mm. Not from you, but you shared this with me as an interesting information. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell people, you may want to pay attention to this one for a couple different reasons. I love this. I love what you did. So first, the source here is News X Paper. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what do we know about News X Paper? I don't know anything about News X Paper outside of it sounds like one of those fake 
sources they use when you're in high school and they're like, spot the fake newspaper and they call it News X paper. And they're like, well, obviously it's a fake newspaper. And then I saw this name, Michael Baxter, and I'm going, never heard of this dude before either. And it says that criminal secretary of defense, Lloyd Austin, was allegedly killed in Kiev on January 3rd when Russian cruise missiles pelted a command bunker where Austin and Lieutenant General Valery Zolkanayi, commander-in-chief of the Ukrainian army, met secretly to discuss mounting an asymmetrical offensive to bring Vladimir Putin to his knees, claims a Russian FSB source known for providing invaluable intelligence and the truth behind Putin's special military. So I read this and I'm going, huh, the Biden administration got caught with their pants down, you know, allegedly by saying they didn't know that their U.S. Secretary of Defense was at Walter Reed Hospital and was sick with cancer and had a complication. And so that's what they told the American public. So I'm looking at the story as this is plausible, although I really question the source. So I continue to read FSB agent Andre Zakharov's tale, however, directly contradicts the administrative narrative about Austin clandestinely hospitalizing himself for an unknown ailment. So you know what I decided to do? Of course you do, because you saw it. I wanted to see if Andre Zakharov would speak with me because he is a BBC reporter for Russia. And so I simply asked the question to Andre. I was like, hey, do you know anything about this Austin Lloyd story that is being uh, attributed to you? And Andre wrote me back. And this is the beautiful thing about the time and place of X and Google. I was able to translate what I wanted to say into Russian as well. And I said, Dear Andre, I was sent a report that Lloyd Austin was killed in Russia, and you were quoted as the source of information. As a BBC Russia reporter, can you confirm or refute the story? Andre responds back minutes later, who the hell is Lloyd Austin? <laughs> so I said, I'll take that as your uh, refute of evidence. <laughs> now, here's All my right. concern about this story, Michaels. Well, here's my concern. Go ahead. How does he not know who Lloyd Austin is? But go Number ahead. Number one. Your no, 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 no. You're, you're there. You're there. How as a BBC reporter do you not know who Lloyd Austin is when you are one of the top intelligence people in Russian reporting? Which really made me go, all right, well, I will take what he said with a grain of salt. But obviously on my, my X feed, I was like, well, it's been refuted because it has. But here's the problem. I'm going to share a dirty secret with America right now. You're probably going to want to take this clip and you're probably going to want to share it with your loved ones because I don't think that they even understand that this is happening and bring the libel lawsuits against me for what I'm about to say. If no. you think you can prove in any way, shape or form that I'm lying. I know for a fact that papers like the Washington Examiner and other major publications, which I'm not going to start naming, but I will if you come after me. I know for a fact that you guys all have shadow newspapers that look very much like the newspaper that reported this story today. And I know that when you don't want your reporters to tell these type of stories, you publish them and you put them on social media because you want to put that story out there, but you cannot do it underneath your mainstream headlines. How do I know this? Because your reporters have told me this. Your reporters have been on the phone with me and said, hey, Greg, love that story that you have. I can't push it through this publication 
But if you give it to me, I'd be happy to put it through one of our shadow ones. So when I see this X paper there, Michaels, I'm starting to go, you know what? Perhaps this is a true story. I'm oh. going to need now Lloyd Austin to show up in press. I'm going to need proof that he's alive at Walter Reed Hospital. Well, that's yeah. All right. That was my next point. How does the Biden administration not know when somebody at his level is at Walter Reed? Right. How does Walter Reed not get in touch with the Biden administration? So this story says a lot to me. It says we are looking at Stephen Hawking 2.0. Because you shot me down with that one. You tried to shoot me down with this one. And if I'm right, I swear to God, I swear. <laughs> well, in my defense, or if I believe this story to be correct. In my defense, yeah. the Stephen Hawking story, from what I understand, right, was blown out of proportion. There was no midget pornography. No, no of course not. <laughs> right, but not th that. that. But I'm just stating that. No, I of course not. What with the story that people were putting out there with you it was like, I'm sorry, Michaels, but I retract my apology to you. <laughs> I retract that apology to you because you know what? I was still mostly right. This guy wasn't sitting there, you know, participating in sex orgies on Epstein Island. You don't in the way that. that you think he was. So, well, how how would he? I mean, let's be honest. So, I could do a demonstration. I mean, <laughs> I mean, wherever you see this face, dot dot dot. I just have to go downstairs and get a carrot or, or something yeah, to no, sit here no, and hold no, in front of you. No, no, no. We're not working blue tonight, even though I have a brick wall behind me. I should do a Jerry Seinfeld act. <laughs> uh, the other thing about Austin that I don't almost get. left you speechless just then. I love it. <laughs> no, I mean, I can work blue, but I'm afraid I don't want to get. We'll do that in the bonus it. section okay, after the right. network show is done. <laughs> so with the the other part of this with with Austin is. Let's just say he's alive. And he's fine. And he's going through whatever surgery he's going through. Mm -hmm. This could be the signal that we're looking for that says, hey, Biden's not in charge. Because this is a serious HR yes. violation. You just, as the Secretary of Defense, you just don't go MIA. You've got people around you. So how does this happen? And don't just say, well, it was a policy failure. We didn't follow the normal procedures. So we just need to regroup on how HR handles these kinds of things. No, this could also be that the secretary of defense is really getting in touch with the true powers, the whoever is really in charge in this Biden administration. And those people know about it. Maybe continuity of government people know about it. Biden, nobody's going to tell him anything. And the assistant secretary of defense, there was a story from the Wall Street Journal today about her. She got a phone call while she was on the beach and she was covering for her boss in Puerto Rico whilst on vacation. She didn't even come back. She just stayed in Puerto Rico. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not much going on. Just bombing Yemen. <laughs> siphoning, siphoning mercenaries into Israel from the Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> Epstein trafficking, human trafficking. Yeah, no, no big deal. I'm gonna. We forgot about the, the weapons trafficking at this point in time. Who cares about weapons trafficking? <laughs> yeah, I there was that story today too. <laughs> just legal that, legalize that at this point. You know, Michael, you start talking about who is in charge of this administration. I have a video I want to play for you 
This actually goes back three weeks ago, but there was a new one from the series. I'm thinking they filmed it all at the same time. Watch this and listen to this and then tell me, who do you think is in charge of the country right now? Is still a thing? Yes. Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, Biden Care, whatever you call it, yes, it is still a thing. The other side's been trying to repeal it every year since it's existed, but will keep fighting to protect it. Not just protect it, but expand it, saving millions of dollars for working families, recovering more people than ever. Just go to healthcare.gov to learn more. Yeah, it's still a BFD. <laughs> Who's in charge? Certainly not Biden. I mean, he's a bumbling dotard. It's yeah. so sad. I mean, it's look, it's clearly I'm going to say it. It's clearly Obama. I mean, even the way that Joe looks at Obama, he doesn't look at Obama as if he is the former president and Biden is the president. He looks at Obama as if he needs $40 million and he needs Obama to approve it. I mean, he's staring at him longingly and lovingly um, like, man. And what about all the administration officials that reference President Obama? Yeah. Like even the press secretary says President Obama. Like that's not unintentional. I mean, that's perfectly reasonable to believe that Obama is still in charge. Now, do you remember something that Obama said before he left office? I do. Why don't you, do you tell want me to summarize it? Yeah, summarize it. Basically, if he was able to still be president and have somebody else be the front man, but he still runs the policy, he would do it. So we are more than likely looking at the third administration of Barack Obama. Yeah. Nauseating. Now, now when o Obama said it, no one panicked. Of course not. When Trump makes comments, if Trump had said that, oh my God, liberals heads <laughs> would be exploding right now. And they'd be like, see, this guy won't let go of power. He's corrupt, blah, blah. Like the double standard across the board here is absolutely ridiculous. Now you listened to the town hall last night with uh, Donald Trump on Fox. I did not. Admittedly, I did not watch this, but I do want to play this clip because you said to me, you're like, you know what, Greg, he sounded presidential. It was a really good showing for him. I didn't think that he sounded the way that I was expecting him to sound. And so here's this clip. Check out uh, Trump last night. There were questions about how much a second term of a Donald Trump presidency, second term, would be about retribution and looking backwards and grievances and how much would be looking forward. Well, first of all, a lot of people would say that that's not so bad. Look what they did. Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. The FBI Twitter hoax. The 51 intelligence agents hoax. All of these different hoaxes that they did. I mean, you know, a lot of people would say that's probably quite normal. I'm not going to have time for retribution. We're going to make this country so successful again. I'm not going to have time for retribution. That doesn't sound like somebody who's going to weaponize and go after everybody. It sounds like somebody who's like, you know what? If I get back in office, I'm going to get back to work, period. And it also sounds like he made a deal with them. Yes. <laughs> to not do anything if he gets back into office. Yes. I would agree. That's with that. what I think is really happening here, because for him to talk like that, that doesn't sound like him normally. So somebody must have gotten into his ear and said, hey, look, you know, <laughs> you've got all these court cases that are going on right now. You need to look the most mature out there. Right. Um, so, you know, between Obama possibly running this current administration, Trump is obviously 
probably going to get the re-election nod, I would imagine, from the Republicans at this point in time. I mean, Christie's out of the race. Vivek Ramaswamy at this point in time looks like he's buddying up with RFK Jr. in some respects. You basically have DeSantis and, and Haley going after Donald Trump. Iowa is already early reporting that Donald Trump's got a huge lead. Um, it doesn't look like they're going to be able to cut into that whatsoever. And the courts are now saying, okay, yeah, Trump can be on the ballot. So I'm not seeing a path where he gets blocked at this point in time. The only way I can see this happening is if they force DeSantis to be Haley's VP. DeSantis is not war hungry enough. Haley is because Haley is a phony. She doesn't mm -hmm. even use her real name. So correct. if they team up DeSantis and force him to be VP and I, you know, I, 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 Vivek Rabasalami said this essentially today that if they do that, he might not even know or want to be VP, but they'll force him to do it. Now, if you combine Haley's numbers and DeSantis's numbers, you could come close potentially in some states to what Donald Trump's numbers are. And if those numbers are in a dead heat, just think about what they did back in 2020. If it's in a dead heat, oh, Trump just lost by a few votes. We're going to keep recounting until we get the Haley vote. So you think That's, they'll, you think the Republicans will play the game to get Haley the nod? Of course, of course. Okay. Do you think? Do you think all these Republicans want an honest voting system? How many of these Republicans actually said what, or even came within a mile of what Donald Trump posted two weeks ago about all the about all the voter fraud in all those races? Yeah. Well, I, I found this to be shocking. Uh, yesterday on January tenth. Pennsylvania is now gone from uh, Trump to Biden. 49% of registered voters in their poll are supporting Biden. 46% supporting Trump. I don't believe it. No, especially since I saw a story today that said uh, the, the state is turning purple and going for Trump. So I... <laughs> <laughs> this is just Quinnipiac doing their usual nonsense. Once again, we have to look at how is the poll generated? What universe are they drawing from? Right. Well, and what's the margin of error? Like a lot of these polls, large margin of error of plus or minus five to 10 points. You're, you're not even supposed to have more than one point of, of margin of error. And then you've got these polls out there with plus or minus five. That's ridiculous. Well, I think what's interesting about the polls too is I'm curious when you see in a five-person hypothetical 2024 general election, it states Biden's receiving 41% of the vote. Trump receives 39%. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. receives 11. Jill Stein receives four. And Cornell West receives two. I don't buy those numbers at all. I mean, no. Jill Stein's a lovely lady. I've spoken with her before. She's super nice. Um, she's not getting 4% of the vote in the election don't see the green party with Robert F. Kennedy running as well, getting 4%. They'd be lucky to get 2%. And Cornell West, if he got 1%, I'd be shocked. All right. He, that's not going to happen in this election. But I think this shows right here who is ruining the election for Donald Trump. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. getting 11% support. I actually believe that number. I think that that's very plausible for him as a third party candidate. And I don't know how I have to shout this from the rooftops, but if RFK Jr. stays in the race, Trump loses.
I don't think you're wrong. I think from day one, the purpose of RFK Jr. getting in that race is to take votes from Trump. Because if you look at everything he said, he is a Democrat. So he's saying things that go against big pharma and validate people's experiences with these gene therapy prophylactic injections. But look at what he does. He supports the Ukraine. He, uh, you know, he had one of his one of his family members fight in the Ukrainian army, too. And he wanted covid lockdowns. He didn't want to remove the lockdowns until they completely revamped the funding. He wanted well, mandates. I mean, well, the guy well, is add, a stooge. So 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 Bobby Kennedy. Right. If the election was between Bobby Kennedy and Joe Biden. What's better for America? Well, clearly someone that's not going to assume room temperature at a moment's notice, RFK Jr., if I'm forced to choose between the two. With everything you just said, though, with everything you just said, you would pick Bobby over Joe Biden, somebody that you're telling me that the American public should not trust whatsoever. No. Well, well you, all right, you know so what you're getting with Joe Biden. You know what you're getting. Yeah, I granted, I trust me. How many times have I said? that Trump and Joe Biden should not be running for president. How often have I said that? Constantly. I'm tired of hearing it. I know you are, but I'm going to continue <laughs> to say that neither of them should be our presidential candidates. So I'm looking now, at the VP here. Okay. Is yeah, it well, really is it really RFK versus Biden or is it RFK versus Miss Harris? Word salad Harris. I, I can't believe they're running her back out. <laughs> I still think I'm going to be right. Even I showed you that article from the banks. Let's say they think. Well, no, I, I, did, I did an entire gonna... episode on it. I did an yeah. entire episode this past week on it. So, for those that missed the show, there's a JP Morgan strategist who put out the documentation that they are expecting that JP Morgan for Joe Biden somewhere between the Super Tuesday and general election to drop out of the race and for Governor Gavin Newsom to take his place. Now, when the banks start talking about that, my ears perk up. Yes. And then that explains why Gavin Newsom was going around the country meeting with the president of China over in China. And then I, again, in California, I never needed an explanation for any of that because you and I already saw it. We saw the amount of money right. that he was making. Right. And we, I, we did an episode on that. We, we talked about, he basically has a super PAC at this point in time to draw on. Should he want to run? And then at the same time, that strategist report came out, we find in all the mainstream press, they're talking about how Obama's very upset with the Biden administration right now. And he said that his Wilmington, Delaware campaign office does not have enough top level talent. And so he was saying, look, get David Pluth, the guy who is from Delaware, helping to write my speeches, helping to run my campaign, my first campaign. Why is he not in the room in Wilmington, Delaware with you? Uh, so apparently Obama was absolutely ticked. Uh, reports from AP and Reuters were saying that he was actually raising his voice at some of the staffers that were working that campaign. So that does not sound like to me a unified Democrat national committee, as well as leadership that's happy with the campaign that's being run at this point in time. You know what that sounds like to me? DEI. <laughs> that's why he doesn't have the talents that he should. He's trying to implement more of those policies at the local level. But the other part of this, is why is Gavin Newsom meeting with Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton in Mexico? I don't have an answer for that, right. but I did Neither see that I. this past week. I, I saw it and it, I scratched my head as to why are they down there? I mean, yeah. that was all going on during like the whole Epstein file release, which by the way, if you guys aren't following the Epstein file release at this point in time, 
the judge needs to be fired and debarred. Like she should not be a judge anymore in the United States. The amount of published information that has had to be pulled over the last 72 hours because they were inaccurate quotes based upon witness testimony. How the hell, after all this time, are you having inaccurate quotes going out in documents that people you know have been waiting to get their eyes on? And she leaked photos by accident of people that were abused by Epstein, full facial photos on the island, and then said, pretend you didn't see those. Those were not supposed to go out in the file release. Oops. Why? Why is this happening in the sense of, you know that there's a transparency question around this entire issue. No one's in jail for this outside of Epstein, who killed himself, and Ghislaine Maxwell, who is only serving 20 years. We know there were crimes. We know people at the highest level are uh, right now allegedly abusing the sex trafficking and using the sex trafficking. People like Richard Branson, allegedly, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump is even in there. Why are we not asking why is the judge and the FBI and the CIA and all these people, why are they not arresting people? They know. Of course they know. Of course they, they've known for decades. They're complicit. And it's sad to say that. And uh, about all these uh, documents that need to be redacted again or withdrawn and all these pictures, it says to me a couple of things. Either one, the judge was forced to release them and then, you know, to save face in some kind of way because she knew she would she shouldn't have released them, had to redact them. Or somebody on her team is purposefully doing that, forcing everybody to know what's really going on. I'm going to go back to this story. December 7th, 2021. This was published that said Jeffrey Epstein kept a trove of CDs and nude photos of women and girls stuffed in the closets of a 77 million New York townhouse. Ghislaine Maxwell's trial has heard. The FBI discovered numerous black binders containing CDs which were clearly labeled with thumbnail photos attached inside a closet at the seven-story Manhattan residence during the search July 6, 2019. Now, remember that piece of uh, detail right here. Do you know what the FBI stated over the last two weeks about these CDs? No. Why? We photographed them. We never looked at them. Oh, of course. <laughs> they just took pictures of the CDs. I'm not making this up. You can you can you can look this up yourself. I believe it. I believe it. The FBI stating, well, we never actually looked at the CDs. We never looked at the content. It's just simply whatever's on there is on there. Are they serious? Yes. Yes. The same <laughs> thing. Well, well, what's going on with Wiener's laptop? What's going on with Hunter Biden's laptop? Why isn't any of that out there? Wiener even wrote one of his files that says insurance files. That means the real dirt is in there. It doesn't take a lot to realize that. So the, once again, you've got a corrupt FBI that's trying to hide all this information and do whatever it is that the Democrat powers want them to do. And it's extremely sad to say that, but there is no more justice anymore. And Newsweek reported the missing Jeffrey Epstein tapes are now putting pressure on the FBI. Oh. Because as these documents are coming out, they're saying, why are these CDs that you took photos of? Why are all these records that you took photos of now considered missing? The oh. largest human trafficking case in the world 
Alan Dershowitz, Prince Andrew, Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, Stephen Hawking, Richard Branson, Chris Tucker. I mean, I can go down a laundry list of big names and they went missing. You just answered your own question. How did they go missing? Oh, I don't know. Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, uh, <laughs> all of these people. You don't mean to tell me that you don't believe for a second that, that, that they've got people within the FBI and the CIA and the DOJ that can just make this stuff disappear. Of course they do. They've had it forever. They've always done it. They're doing it again with Hunter Biden and that travesty of an appearance like a petulant child. He storms out of it. Yep. Like Alex Jones was on a uh, was on a, uh, a an X space um, on Thursday, and he was with uh, Mario Nawfall and all that, and he made a good point. He said, "Look, th this whole Epstein release and whatever we're finding out about Epstein and all the documents, it's a good starting point for the normies. It's not a good starting point for us because we've already known about it. We've already come to grips with how debauched these people are and what they do." But for a lot of everyday people that just want to live their life, they can't grasp that these very, very famous, wealthy, well-connected people would engage in this kind of debauched behavior. So you have to drip it to them. They are not going to be able to understand that these people do these things. So Epstein is a good primer for all of that if the mainstreams allow them to see it. Mm-hmm. The real problem with all of this is that it is far larger than Epstein and not one person can do anything about it by themselves. It's going to take a nation to come together to hold these people accountable and get true justice. Well, according to Harry, they don't want to be held accountable, so they're going to lose all the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right he's not wrong he's not wrong he's right 100 <laughs> percent. like wait a minute you guys are going to implicate us in the fact that we cover it up for the the elite our secret service knew about this and we're we didn't do anything about it we saw the the young girls coming onto the plane with bill clinton we didn't do anything about it we saw the young girls in new york at epstein when we took bill clinton up there and we didn't do anything about it you mean to tell me that we've known for the last three decades that Slick Willie really had a Slick Willie? Of course. Ridiculous. Of course. They're, they're all, they're, they all have open relationships because it's the culture that they're a part of. And this yeah. culture is very secretive. I mean, you can call it the Illuminati. You can call it the OTO or, or devil worshiping or Satanism or whatever. It's a promiscuous culture. So they have open relationships. That's why when you see all of these people cheat on one another, oh, they're so strong. They stayed together and worked through it with their marriage. Really? No. They just said, I, we'll put a prenup into place, or if we don't have one, we'll come up with a contract, and we do whatever we want. Right. Like Huma Abedin. When was the last time you heard about that trollop? Right. You haven't really heard from her. Mm -mm. And Hillary Clinton. How long did Huma Abedin stay with Anthony Weiner? Even after we found out time. that he's sending... Uh, right. Right. They have open relationships. They engage in this kind of behavior all the time. Hmm. Well, the other thing you should know at this point in time is I'm talking to people right now that are saying that the Biden administration is about ready to cook the books for the election. Oh, well, okay. And I'm looking at consumer what price index. Well, the consumer price index, right, which is controlling the annual rate, uh, prices rose once again. Remember when they said inflation, it's over? Well, guess what? 
it's rising once again. The annual rates up to 3.4%. Uh, we had a price increase of increase of 0.3%, which over the course of just a month is pretty catastrophic when you think about it. You don't want to be going in that direction at this point in time. And I'm being told that Biden is telling the Fed he needs interest rates for homeownership to go down over the next six months. In quarter one and quarter two, he wants to see the interest rates coming down so that way people feel better about being able to purchase. Will anybody call out this administration for manipulation if that starts to happen? No. Because people will ride the wave. The bankers will ride the wave in every way that they usually do. And for the few people that actually have some scratch to throw around, maybe they'll be able to buy a home or get a little bit ahead in the election cycle. Mm. It's the same reason. Why start a war? Well, the Ukraine really went to pot. Afghanistan doesn't look too good. So we need to do something. We need to bomb somebody and declare victory the same nonsense same nonsense and there, do you think biden is going to come out for a debate this year no no right <laughs> so no, he, he, he can barely stand next to obama for a professionally recorded segment that's 30 seconds right and we all know he can't run on his policies mm -mm. so he's not going to go for a debate so what do they have to do? They have to cook all the books around him. They have to make the environment look good because we all know that Biden doesn't look good. No, not at all. Well, Michaels, it's, we covered the gambit once again. Once again, we've covered the gambit. If you've been listening here on the America Out Loud Network, it's the weekly recap. It's a blast to bring to you every single week. If you're online, you're about to get bonus content as a Patreon subscriber, as well as being online when we do these, we're going to, work for about another 20 minutes where we take questions from all of you, but you can only do that if you join the party. So type in americaemboldened.com so you can check that out. And then you can also go to patreon.com backslash America emboldened where you can join us. So if you're listening on the America out loud network and you want to see some additional content because you enjoy us so much, come join us for the after party each Thursday night as we record these for you on Friday and hear the rest of the show where we talk to you. And so we're going to get to that in just a moment, but make sure you go and follow at last call caravan on all socials for the last call podcast with Chris Michaels, as well as check out American boldened available on all of your podcast formats. It's been a blast bringing you today's show and we hope that we honored your time. Well, Michaels, as always, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Greg. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure, Michaels. <laughs> You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels. Be bold, America. Uh -huh.